We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Timeline is a Blue Wire podcast. Into the hands of Booker. Walking into the three. Splash down. Hold the pose. Clippers, timeout. The Phoenix Suns are advancing to the second round of the NBA playoffs after winning four in a row against the Los Angeles Clippers. This game on the back of an insane Devin Booker performance. Sam, how are you doing? Four clear and decisive, never in doubt (laughs) victories in a row. We were definitely not nervous at any point during any of these games. In fact, Mike, let's not talk about the first half in this game let's not talk about the fourth quarter yeah let's just do a 40 minute yeah or 30 minute whatever podcast on on just the 50 point <laughs> third quarter for the suns when they looked unstoppable but no in all seriousness they um we're moving on we're not going to talk about denver tonight too much yeah i don't think we're going to save that for the series yeah. preview in a couple of days although we did find out at the same time that they are moving on as well i did not have a chance to watch that game since mm-hmm. the two were taking place at the same time we 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 did it. <laughs> Somehow we did it. Um, it was fun. It was a fun time. It's a weird team where it's like it feels like they're playing bad, and then they have 136 points. You know, like yep. it's it's just a weird team. You know, we're not used to it yet in a lot of ways as fans, and I think even analysts or people watching the game, and you know, seeing how the Clippers played against them, I think it's it's just going to be so different to see how the Nuggets play against them and just such dramatically different teams and and team makeups and, you know, how they defend the Suns is going to be dramatically different. And I think that's going to help shape what we really think about this team because if you try to judge, I don't know, their level of contention, if you want to put it at that just off this series alone, I don't know that that's really possible. It's just such a weird series to even look at. Uh, being that no Paul George, no Kawhi Leonard, Kevin Durant had only played eight games with the Suns up to this point. You know, Devin Booker still, I think, is the best player in the NBA over the course of the most important part of the season. Uh, And I think that's really all we can take from it so far. Let's start with him, though. 47 points, 
10 assists, 8 rebounds, 19 for 27 <laughs> from the field. And we're at the point, I think, with Devin Booker where he is essentially playing point guard for the Suns. Like, they're not really mm-hmm. running the offense through Chris Paul, you know, and to some respects, uh, not even through Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is playing sort of the off-ball scorer role uh, on this team, the Devin Booker role normally. But in this series, it just shifted in a way that now Devin Booker is the point guard on the Suns. And uh, and he still finds his way to almost 50 points and, and 10 assists. Pretty insane, insane performance from Devin Booker to the point where I almost lost my voice before this podcast even started <laughs> screaming while watching it. He he. This was his um, sixth career game of 40-plus points uh, in the playoffs, of course. Uh, according to Shane Young, who tweeted a little while ago, that's more than uh, former Suns legend Charles Barkley. It's more than Larry Bird. Take that, Bill Simmons. Bill Simmons was debating who's better between Jason Tatum or Devin Booker. Tatum, on his pod who, by the, other the way, day. had a closeout game where he scored, I believe, 19 points on 22 shots well, today. Bo- Booker versus Tatum isn't the question. Maybe Booker versus Larry Bird should be the question at this point. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, um, uh, no, he was he was fantastic. And I thought there was an interesting role ver- reversal to, to what you were speaking about between him and Durant tonight, specifically where. Earlier in the series, we often saw Booker playing off KD so much and a lot of his open looks being created directly through KD's gravity. And tonight, the third point explosion that Devin Booker had, that was that was him. That was him getting tough buckets. Yeah. Didn't matter at a certain point if they blitzed, if they switched, if they went to kind of a junk zone. He was going to get his points no matter what defense the Clippers threw at him. And when it got to the fourth quarter... Like they were going to do anything to ensure that Devin Booker didn't have 50 <laughs> in this game. Yeah. You know, so it was kind of like it really was Devin Booker's team. He was the number one alpha, so to speak, superstar uh, tonight for the Suns. And KD took much more of a backseat role. It was really interesting. Yeah. In, 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 in some ways, a little concerning. They just have to find ways to get Kevin Durant involved. I think there was a stretch there in particular where Devin Booker played the the whole third quarter out, scored the Clippers by himself. The Suns, of course, scored 50 points, like you said, in the third quarter. Devin Booker comes out in the fourth quarter. Kevin Durant's on the floor, and they still have trouble finding ways to get Kevin Durant good shots out of that. And he's still Durant. He's still shot over 50% in this game, four for six from the three-point line, and ended with 31 points and was plus 13, the highest of the plus-minus in this game. In particular, I think, because... He he is like the biggest difference maker when it comes to the Clippers getting offensive rebounds. When he's on the floor, they don't. When he's off the floor, they do. And that in this game, there was like a big swing of the game in that second quarter when the Clippers just got every rebound when Durant was off the floor. Um, so he he's still really really contributing to this team. But you know, I'm I'm gonna have to rewatch it because I would like to give some thoughts on how they could do a better job of getting Durant clean looks. And I have a feeling maybe Denver fans aren't going to like this if they listen. I have a feeling it's going to be a little easier for him to get <laughs> clean looks against Denver. Um, but I do think the Suns need to find ways to to do a better job of, of finding those baskets for him. Yeah, I mean, look, Denver, one thing we talked about recently on a pod, I, I do think they're underrated in the sense that they have a, a decent amount of length defensively, but they also have a decent amount of guys 
who you can go uh, hunting for for mismatches against. The key is to not get too caught up in the mismatch hunting game, which I think is something that still maybe even in this series plagues the Suns sometimes. If they have so many guys who can go after those mismatches, it's going to be tempting to target the pigeon all series against Denver. Um, but you still want to run your offense. You still want to run your sets and, and, and get clean looks that aren't just kind of iso ball hunting. Uh, KD, what I really liked about his game tonight, I mean, just the... So first of all, the Suns had 26 three-point attempts in this game somehow, miraculously. Remember, my benchmark is 30. They did not hit that benchmark in any game this series. But I was really worried because... What did they have in the first half? I think they had eight, maybe, yeah. in the, or seven yeah, in the entire so, first yeah. half. They had two in the first quarter. Um, and they, they wound up at 26. Part of that was Devin Booker's explosion in the second half allowed for more help defense from the Clippers and drew guys in, which allowed, you know, like skip passes to the corners and stuff like that. But also part of it was just Kevin Durant coming out in the third quarter and saying, okay, fuck this. I'm taking threes. Yeah. <laughs> and he just, you know, he, he started sort of jaunting up the floor in transition and just taking threes, which is something that like, I wish Booker would do more too still with the pull up threes. Cause I feel like he's improved so much uh, in, in the past few years. And if you look at his pull up three point percentages, um, he's still willing to take kind of the, like if he's at the end of a hot streak, if he scored 10, 12 points in a row, then he'll pull up for one. But KD, he doesn't have to be in a hot streak. He'll pull up at any time. And, and, and that's something I appreciated from him the second half for sure. They could still do a lot better, in my opinion, at generating threes this team. Um, and it's it's going to be critical against some of these like huge teams that they could play coming up, uh, notably Denver. But uh they got 26. I, I think that might have been the closest they got to 30 so far. 26. Maybe we're, we're trending in the right direction. I don't know. And 26 is okay if you make 13 of them. <laughs> you know, it's if true. you're making 13, you're, you're, you'll be okay for the Suns. That's a pretty good number for them considering, you know, the Clippers made 13 and they shot 36. Uh, so 50% is a good percentage for the Suns there. I just don't think you can count on that um, from them in the long term. The other number that I've been tracking, you track the three point shots. I've tracked the assists. They had 31 in this game, the most they've had by far. And it just makes sense watching this team. The offense is starting to click. Look, the defense has still not clicked yet. And I think the Clippers did a good job of trying to attack the weakest parts of that defense. And, uh, you know, whether that be in some ways transition or just falling asleep on three-point shooters or like Aiton in the second half where he was just kind of asleep defensively. They find ways to to attack that. And, and I think Denver can too, which I, like you said, we'll talk about more later. So the defense yeah. really is going to be vital in, in that uh, series against Denver. You can't really turn it into a shootout. The Suns can do a good job. If, if it like really does come down to mismatch hunting, and, and it's the Nuggets mismatch hunting versus the Suns mismatch hunting, the Suns could probably win that. There's there's no doubt who the better team is uh, when it comes to just half-court offense like that. And, and look, another thing I will say, I'm glad you brought up the transition defense. The transition defense in the fourth quarter was inexcusable it was horrendous it's the like they wanted to lose yeah <laughs> yeah it's like yeah it's i mean there were nine or 12 straight points all on threes for the clippers in a row there and it was all transition defense uh lapses which of course is inexcusable you know we didn't come out leading with that tonight because we won the series we can all be happy tonight we moved on the other thing is that luckily the the, the nuggets if i remember correctly are like 
maybe they weren't bottom five in pace. They were definitely bottom 10 in pace this year. They're not necessarily a team that's going to capitalize on a ton of transit. Like, they're not going to live in transition all series long. Uh, but it's still something you have to clean up. It's something you're going to have to clean up against any team. Yeah, I mean, if you just look at the last time the Suns, well, the Christmas Day game against the Nuggets, the last time the Suns actually played Jokic, transition is what killed them to end that game. Um, sorry to make anyone relive that one, uh, but it, it was just something that happened in that game. Let me check their pace right now. I'm going to actually look to see what. I they think were they're at. in the they're in the 20s. Yeah, they're 94. I'm looking at playoffs. They've been very oh, slow in the playoffs. playoffs. Actually, let me yeah. look at regular season while we're at it. So they've been very slow in the playoffs, and that's a good sign. And they are, yeah, they're slower than the Suns on the season. Hell yeah. 98, 24th in the NBA. The Suns are actually, the Suns finished 22nd, which is actually surprising. But it's hard to look at any team stats for the Suns and take them seriously because they were five different teams this season, essentially. Um, but yeah, it's it's a good point. That'll be interesting. Add that to the notes on <laughs> thing we're going to talk about. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it again, <laughs> guys. It's, it's two minutes since the series ended. I, we know Denver has advanced. That's great. We don't, we need to do the research yeah. <laughs> first before we have any like completed thoughts on, on the nuggets. And so that'll come. Um, I don't know. When do you think they're going to start that series? Saturday, supposedly this weekend. Yeah, okay. That's so what's probably, said, yeah. probably give us a couple days to research and like Thursday, expect that pod. I would say something Yeah, like I think that. that's a good time to do it. Um, are we going to have to kidnap Landry Shamit to keep him? Dude, <laughs> is Tori? So uh, again, it's two minutes since the game ended. So I'm, I have to like follow along with Kellen or Gerald here and see what they're saying after the game. Is Tori hurt? Like I didn't, he didn't look hurt. Why wasn't he playing? Why wasn't Josh playing? Why was Landry Shamit playing in the fourth quarter? I don't understand. What the hell was going on? I don't what understand. What the hell was going on with that? It was so bizarre. And, and even when he checked in in the first half, I was like, what is happening? What is happening? But that was nowhere near as egregious as checking Landry Shamit in when the Suns are <laughs> dicking themselves into a hole in the fourth quarter after giving away the majority of their lead. That made zero sense at all. It just didn't make any sense, you know? And, of course, he... He made a three in this game, by the way, which is surprising. That's in the third quarter when everything was working. It was like, okay, this is destiny when Landry Shamit hits a three. But then he comes in in the fourth, doesn't really play very well, gives up an and one against Norm Powell immediately. And, of course, Josh Okoge comes in and turns over Norm Powell immediately. It's like, okay, this is pretty obvious at this point. Yes, Josh Okoge doesn't get guarded. The Suns find a way to create offense when Josh Okoge is on the floor. Still... So they have to, to if they're going to play someone, if it's not going to be Craig, like you said, for some reason that we don't fully understand yet, it probably should be Josh Okogie. Um, If we're on the bench real quick, huge stretch for Biombo in this game. Just absolutely massive stretch for Bismack Biombo, where, I mean, he was getting the shit kicked out of him every time he touched the ball. You know, it was only eight points and uh, eight rebounds in that stretch. Two assists, by the way, but three eight blocks. And that's a huge dude. He played twelve minutes. That's a ridiculous stat line. Yeah, for twelve minutes. It's insane. And and he had five fouls. He had. He and, had and five, honestly, I think he, he would have played offensive more. Offensive rebounds. Because he had five Aiden, offensive rebounds in twelve minutes. As good as Aiton was in the first half, I think he was as bad as that in the second half. Uh, so I actually think Biombo without those fouls may have played a significant stretch in that fourth quarter as well, not just that third. Uh, but yeah, in that time, he was just so huge. And 
the thing for him too is four four for five from the free throw line, and that's even when I thought maybe his shoulder was dislocated at a yeah. certain point. And look, he's not always going to do that, but in a closeout game where he needs to play, and Aiton had had lost the magic that was there in the first half, there couldn't have been a more important time for him to put it together in this game and to play twelve minutes, only shoot four times, and have. Eight points, eight rebounds, two assists, three blocks. It's just, it was an amazing stretch from Biombo. Huge. He was, he was awesome for sure. Uh, four for five from the free throw line. Can't say I expected that from him, but it was, uh, it was nice to see. Add the bench again to the list of talking points for the next series. It's, it's been the main, or arguably one of the main. Maybe after the, how are they going to integrate KD as the main talking point among national heads? Uh, the the thing that everyone talks about with the Suns is the bench, and they will continue to talk about the bench. We still have not hammered out a real rotation here going into the next series. Campaign was the third guard off the bench tonight. Yeah. Um, I th- I thought it was that funny. Could the be broad- just because he's not fully healthy yet, you know, we it don't really must know that be. Yet. It must be. Of course, I'm sure it is. But I, but I thought it was amusing the way that the broadcast was like, oh, in campaign, Monty says, I think it was Jared Greenberg, he was like, yeah, Monty says campaign is going to be on a minutes restriction. <laughs> Damn straight it was a minutes restriction. He played three minutes in this game. <laughs> so we'll... Uh, so that is the first time, <laughs> if he had a three-minute minutes restriction, it would be the first time that Monty Williams has ever been held to a minutes restriction in his life. Yeah. Uh, you know, I will just mention, since we're on it, obviously we'll rehash these points later. The Nuggets have a bench problem too. They they don't have a lot of reliable guys on their bench either. Um, outside of Bruce Brown, I think that's the main guy that can really do well for them. But 41 minutes for Murray, 42 minutes for Jokic, 39 minutes for Michael Porter Jr., 34 minutes for Aaron Gordon in in their in their closeout game today. You know, not quite as bad as the Suns, but uh, when you see numbers there in the 40s, you start to it feels a little familiar, I think, for Suns fans when they see stuff like that because that's exactly what's been happening for the Suns lately. So, yeah, it'll be a, a mostly a battle of the starters and lots of guys playing a lot of minutes. And for the Suns, you know, you kind of look out when their best player is a big sort of plodding center. Maybe he runs out of steam later in the series. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. 
That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Let's see. Who else do you want to cover in this one? Josh Kogi played 33 minutes. We've been tracking that to Tory Craig's 17. This was the most he's played. Was plus 7, 11 points, 3 assists, 2 steals, 2 rebounds. And I would say still kind of wasn't that good. I think he could actually even play better than this in a, in a future series, assuming he's given a chance again. What do you think? Um, yeah, yeah I, I think he could. I think the interesting question is, is Denver going to be... Is that going to be a Josh Okogie series? Um, Monty likes length so much that my initial thought would be no. Um, but on the other hand, we've, we've seen the obvious trends here. Like you said, Josh has played more and more minutes every single game. He's got the positive momentum right now. I don't think he's going to start. Um, but I don't know. What do you think? I think he could start. I, I don't know. I think uh, he could. You know, um, just chasing chasing guys around screens, I think, will be an interesting. But I don't know play. when when Tori continued to start even once it was clear that Kawhi wasn't probably wasn't returning in this series. I kind of solidified yeah. something for me. Yeah, I don't know. I I really he's he's fine. Apparently, like I didn't see anything happen to him. It was just weird to me how he didn't play in the fourth. Maybe quarter, Landry Shamit will game with seventeen minutes. <laughs> God, <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> you never know. Uh, I guess I, I you know, I, I, I talked a little bit about DeAndre and in this game and I don't want to harp too much on, on anything that went badly, but I do think that he had a really excellent stretch in this first half, particularly the first quarter and the first half of the second quarter. I would say the end of the second quarter did not go too well for him and then I think that carried over a little bit into the third where his defense wasn't quite focused in the third and his offense kind of fell apart after that. He he was so good offensively in the first half. Um, but I think that in some ways what he did in the first half helped open up things for everyone else in that third quarter as well, just because they were a little more attentive to him at the rim than before. But I did kind of, I guess my thoughts on DeAndre Ayton in this game, and I'm still concerned about what it's going to look like in this Denver series, but we kind of got everything that we know him to be which was a great offensive stretch, a good defensive stretch, a really bad offensive stretch, a really bad defensive stretch, and then mm-hmm. maybe a little bit of bobbling the ball, a little bit of not chasing down rebounds, a little bit too much of 
going up with one hand to get the rebound instead of two and that kind of thing. It's just we got the whole bag in this one from him. <laughs> the whole bag. I would describe this as, he, you know, it's been mostly a bad DeAndre Ayton series so far. He closed it out with a thoroughly average DeAndre Ayton <laughs> yeah. game. I yeah. know the stat line, 21 points, 11 rebounds, 3 assists, might make it look might make it seem a little better than that but i think the the offensive uh greatness if you will and kind of some of the defensive lapses and off uh defensive rebounding lapses sort of balanced balanced each other out in this game i will say he played 36 minutes in this game i'm fairly confident that was the most in the series let me let me look real quick he played actually he played 30 he played 35 minutes in game three and 36 in game four so he's been getting up there yeah and that that might be intentional on the part of Monty too, because well, as, five as fouls just, from Yambo too, I think. <laughs> but as you just pointed out, Jokic is going to be logging a lot of minutes, yeah. and if the Suns want any chance in the next series, uh, they're going to want Aiton matching those minutes to the fullest extent possible, as he did a couple of years ago. So to get him to get his conditioning up to the point where he is frequently playing thirty-four to thirty-six in these playoff games is important. Obviously, he's got to be locked in the whole time. Tonight, he was locked in. Uh, 70% of the time, maybe being a little nice, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, it was good for him to sort of, you know, I, and I did think they wanted to look for him in that first half, but it was good for him to have, yeah. have time to, because at first I think they were looking for him intentionally, and then I think the offense just kind of stayed where he was in the right place at the right time for the rest of the, the first half, and I think he, he did a good job capitalizing Um in, in the way that he can, um, nine for 18, you know, 50% from a center is not always great when they don't shoot a lot of shots. You kind of want it up above that, but I just think the offense kind of just left him a little bit in that second half. So, you know, as much as everyone's important on this team, of course, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant being the most important, there's not going to be a player more important for the Suns than DeAndre and in the series where they have to play against Nikola Jokic especially because you're going to want to guard him one-on-one as much as possible. As soon as you help, he finds a guy, and that's how they get wide-open shots. So it's going to be fascinating to see how that plays out. Jokic is better than he was previously, and um, you know, and that includes just two years ago when the Suns played against them. And so we'll see how that ends up playing out, and we'll talk more about that later on. Isn't it funny how we could have a podcast about a playoff series, really, a playoff series where the Suns won and we're over 20 minutes into this podcast and we haven't even mentioned Chris Paul's name. And that's just kind of where we're at with Chris Paul. Like he's further he, along in the pecking order for the Suns. He played well, you know, yeah. pretty good I, game. I, I think, but, you, you know, know, honestly, a lot of the times we mention Chris Paul's name these days, it's to it's to complain about him. So I, I would say this is... This is a a pretty good outcome here. He made his catch and shoot threes. In fact, he shot three for six from yeah, deep. Yeah, pretty good Chris Paul game. I'm I'm not complaining, not complaining about him. By the way, the final I just retweeted uh, Andrew Leesus here because uh, he's the first one I saw with it. But the final Booker uh, series stats: thirty seven points, six point four assists, five rebounds per game, two point six steals, one block, seventy percent true shooting. 60% for the field, 47% from deep, could go on. Uh, just insane, earth-shattering numbers from Devin Booker. Um, it's funny, after Jimmy Butler had his out-of-this-world 50... But did you see that game, by the way? Yeah. His 56-point his yeah. game last yeah. night, that was amazing. I turned the game off 
after the third quarter somehow and then had to catch the fourth quarter highlights uh, the next morning. Uh, Jimmy took, like, briefly the scoring title away, the playoff scoring title away from Booker, and now I think Booker just seized it right back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 37 <laughs> points per game <laughs> in a series on 69% true shooting. Have we? I don't think I've ever. I can't even think of a time I've ever seen anything even like that. Like yeah, we're talking I mean, like all-time player <clears throat> performance here, and and of course, you know, make it whatever caveats you want about the 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 state of the Clippers. You have to score to score, and he did. I'll run some stat filters on that tomorrow. I'm sure there have been guys like in NBA history who've played that well, but yeah, certainly a son has never had a series this good. Yeah, we uh, you right? mentioned it, but we I don't to think say so. it again. Uh, the most 30 point games from a Suns player in, in Suns history. And it's really, you know, it's amazing for him to have that stat in general, just to be that guy already. But I think it's important to mention, this is just his third playoffs. You know, he's only done this three times and this was just the first round. He could potentially have a long run here or maybe not, but at the very least, he's going to have at least four more games. I imagine more than that uh, going forward. So he has opportunities to really, add on to that and you know I don't think anyone's assuming he stays with this team as long as everyone thinks he is including me I don't think anyone's gonna ever catch that for him it's just insane and by the way it's not even just the fact that he's incredible in this particular game I think what we got to see and as Suns fans we got to see him be essentially the best player in the NBA and defeat a team in the first round of the NBA playoffs the the ride with ro- with um, Devin Booker the roller coaster ride that we've been on has been so insane, but Suns fans have always been steadfast in their love for him and in how sure we were that he is good, and I think he's still exceeding those expectations, which is just it's just so cool to see. I mean, it's just it's so fun. It's the reason you watch sports for stories like this. It's going to be fun to to kind of track, and I mean this sincerely, by the way, how people are going to talk about him in this playoff series, um, or sorry, this playoff run, because a couple of years ago really felt like a turning point in Devin Booker's career um, in terms of the respect he's given, the finals run, I mean, uh, where he entered a new tier, a new rung, like on the conversation of, of just how he was talked about on a national level. And now here we are two years later. It depends how far the Suns can go in this run. Um but the way he played in this series, he's he's poised to kind of com- completely like reach another new tier again. Uh, just in a way we, we've arguably never talked about Devin Booker before. Like by the end of this playoff run, could he be? I, I think he's already a top ten player. Could he solidify himself in like the top five conversation? Arguably, I don't know. It seems like kind of insane, but but the way he's playing right now, I I don't. The ceiling is the roof. <laughs> the ceiling is the roof with Devin Booker right now. ESPN Stats and Info tweeted this out. Devin Booker is the first player in NBA history with at least 45 points and 10 assists in a series clinching win. Nuts. <laughs> it's really insane because like the only people that put up stats like that are, I mean, like James Harden was the only other guy that really did anything like that but he always just sort of disappeared in series clinching wins or like in attempts to actually close that series. So it's no surprise that he didn't really have that kind of record, but it's not the first time he's had over 40 points and over 10 assists, even just against the Clippers in the playoffs. It's something he's done 
before, including the first game of the Western Conference Finals two years ago. And, you know, it'll be a day where we're just going to see a bunch of stats about how incredible Devin Booker was, you know, today and tomorrow. You know, David even tweeted one too. Devin Booker had more assists in this series than assisted buckets <laughs> because he only had 27 assisted buckets because so much of what he created was on his own. This morning, Chine on ESPN had a, a, a great breakdown of how good Devin Booker has been playing so far. And one of the stats they had was that like 90% of his shots have been contested. You know, like all of this is just insane. And he continues to exceed and it's it's just a fun it's a fun day and a fun few days i think to be a suns fan because of devin booker in particular all right this is this is the first i'm seeing here of um the series schedule having been released i want to get your thoughts on it real quick okay, game cool. one saturday uh so like you said game two will be monday so those two games obviously will be in denver then they come back to phoenix and get a load of this game three game two is on monday next monday game three is on friday in phoenix so there will be a four-day break that's so weird i'm not sure i've seen that before but i guess they need to give the other western conference series time to end because obviously like you know king's warriors could go to seven which i understand but then why not just start our series later like why not just wait till sun i guess they really want those saturday tv ratings um but yeah game three friday and then from there it goes back more to to normal it goes friday sunday uh tuesday thursday maybe sunday again if it yeah if it yeah if a game seven is needed yeah so that's gonna be really weird but yeah we have confirmation game one against the denver nuggets on saturday it's gonna be crazy i mean this is it's gonna be in denver too it's gonna be is this a rivalry now it's gonna be right I don't know. Let's wait till Jokic pushes someone. <laughs> well, I hope they, <laughs> I hope they push him to the point to do that. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I is it a rivalry? I I don't really know. I I don't is uh like from a tactician's standpoint, it's interesting. It's it's like an interesting basketball series. I don't actually think there's like animosity between these two teams in the way you consider a traditional rivalry, right? What about you the fa- sense what about the fan bases? <laughs> fan bases, sure. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But I, I s- guess the teams make a rival. Look, two times playing a team two times in the playoffs within a three-year period, within a two-year period. I think that could make a rivalry. I guess it doesn't. I, mean, I don't feel that way with the Clippers, though. So. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. If anything, I mean, I might have a rivalry with some Clippers beat writers, but I don't think I <laughs> we have a a rivalry the Suns players with the Clippers players. I guess. Uh, I will say that Devin Booker, I remember this in this game in particular after the uh, the playoff series where he had one of his best games of the regular season where he was so desperate to beat the Nuggets that he took over offensively and defensively. And it was just against the Nuggets in a way that I was like, okay, he feels something against this team. So, you know, at the very least, Devin Booker will feel it a little bit. Maybe Chris Paul, maybe DeAndre. And outside of that, did anyone else play in that series? Tory Craig. Mm-hmm. Campaign. Those are the other guys, right? Campaign. Yep, campaign's the other guy. I mean, that's most of their rotation, actually. <laughs> now that I say it out loud, that's actually most of the guys that play, considering only seven or eight guys can be trusted on this team. Kevin Durant doesn't really have any animosity to them, so we'll have to see if that 
develops. By the way, how about Russell Westbrook just diving at Kevin Durant's hip and knocking him to the ground to a point where he yep. was holding his back for the rest of the game? That was not a basketball play. He just kind of fouled him. No chance he could get to the ball. Not to say that he didn't believe he could because Russell Westbrook is crazy, so he probably thought he could get to the ball. Crazy in a good way a lot of times. That uh, scared the shit out of me. Scared the shit out of me too. Um, a few... Well, I guess there was that play, and then there were the two flagrant fouls for the Clippers um, later on, one of which, of course, was Russ winding up and going at Biz. Um, and then the other one, like, after that, like a weird Bones Highland <laughs> uh, Two-hand shove one, on Biombo just think. to make sure he misses. And he still made it, yeah. by the yeah. way, which was kind of crazy. Yeah, they, they were just getting frustrated particularly. And, and, like, in that third quarter, I guess I wanted to just say this at some point, but, like, the Suns in that – a 50-point third quarter. There have only been glimpses throughout this entire series. So much of this series was so frustrating. But for that brief moment, that one quarter, we saw like what the offensive ceiling of this team could be. And they're not going to sustain that over even a full game, let alone a full series. Uh, but for that brief moment in time, th- there was the Suns' offensive ceiling. Like It didn't matter what defensive coverage the Clippers threw at them. They were getting into the paint, kicking out to three-point shooters. Obviously, Booker could get whatever he wanted. They were getting to the free-throw line. It's just everything was clicking for them. And uh, obviously, uh, a lot of frustration for the Clippers uh, in in an, uh, an elimination game as a result. Yep. Yeah, kind of a weird stretch for a while there. But I was looking just at Twitter just now, too, seeing Monty Williams said the idea oh, no. <laughs> the idea behind playing Landry Shamit in crunch time was to add some floor spacing I know I know that's the idea shooting. But... <laughs> he hasn't done that in, what does he have two threes in the entire series here let me let me pull up so Devin Booker averaged what 37 points per game in this series which yeah. means Devin Booker and Landry Shamit combined average 38 points per game in this <laughs> series I think uh let's see uh, that you know, he had that one game where he had two layups that might have juiced his numbers a little bit. <laughs> Did we realize that Landry, the three he made tonight, was the first three he made all series? Did we realize that? I thought he had one more. Was no, the he only had. One? He's, oh my he's had. He's had two transition layups. Wow, <laughs> those were his only baskets the entire series. Yeah, I don't get it, man. Even I, I would just I would have played Damian Lee before him as well. I would have yeah, played. Lee campaign. had a rough stretch though. Dude just can't defend. They really I know, they did a good job I know, of attacking him. I so know, but I, just, I don't. 17 I don't minutes. For, the thing that we'll have to get answered, and hopefully it's a it's not bad news, maybe just a Monty decision, but only 17 minutes for Tory Craig. And look, Tory Craig yeah, I think, zero I think points. It's just, but yeah. I think it's just a Monty decision here. I, I haven't seen anything about it, so it must be. It's just weird. All right, well, we have a few days to find out any more info that we need to find out. We'll be back with a preview of round two sometime in the next few days congratulations Suns fans a fun series that maybe was a little bit frustrating at times and i hope they learn from it and take it into round two and defeat the nuggets as quickly as possible you got anything else before we go sam no let's just uh let's keep it going it's gonna be tough stick with us we'll be back in a couple days all right back soon